Welcome to the Entrepreneur Cast, your source for tactical lessons in entrepreneurship from a cast of entrepreneurs. I'm Jason Demers. And I'm Sam McRoberts. And today we're going to discuss the social dilemma and how misaligned incentives are destroying society. This was actually a really good documentary. I, I enjoyed this a lot, or I guess a docudrama, but it was it's on Netflix and it is about essentially the ways in which social networks have taken steps to optimize for attention and engagement to the detriment of the psychology of their users and really like the cohesion of society, which is, you know, kind of, kind of large and grandiose claims. But when you watch it, it's like, holy shit, like this, you know, I see this, you can see this playing out. You can feel it in your own interactions with these platforms. And it's gnarly. Like, what'd you, what'd you think? You and Britt watched it. Yeah. So Brittany and I watched it. So yeah, it's called the social dilemma on Netflix. And I was, I was not surprised by it, but I was, I was disappointed and left feeling concerned by it. And what's interesting is that they have current and former tech, um, executives, you know, founders, even the guy who uh, founded Pinterest was, was on there as a, uh, as one of their interviewees. And they had them talking about how these platforms started with, you know, one idea, but completely changed to become something else that they didn't foresee at all. And they, and they really took on, they being the, uh, the social platforms took on a, a new life of their own and went far beyond the original ideas or dreams of their creators. And that they went from something that was meant to be a force for, you know, a new exciting thing or maybe good to something that has become quite sinister, frankly. And yeah. it, it was telling how these guys were like, we don't even let our kids use social media. And these, it's like, these are people who are working for these companies and they're like, this shit, this shit is so bad. We do not allow our children to use this. Dude, yeah. I like, I've been aware of this for a long time. I've, I've written about it. I've talked about it. It's, it's a huge problem and we're starting to, see, but we're starting to see it play out more and more and more and more. It's almost like humanity is a frog in a pot and the water temperature is being turned up and up and up in the interest of making money for these companies. And, you know, as this applies to entrepreneurship, I think we're, we'll talk about it a couple of ways. First, we'll talk a little bit about the, about the actual docudrama itself and secondary about what, what these companies are doing and why, but, in the end, what I think we should tie all this back to is as entrepreneurs, anybody, anybody who's starting a business, building an app, a website, you need, you really need to have some ethics and consider more than the first order effects of the things that you're doing. And you need to have the balls if you, if you, something you've built is being misused or is, causing serious harm to humanity, even if it's making you money, I think you need to have the balls to pull back or make a change or do something that is, it's the right, it's the right choice for humanity long-term and not for your quarter, you know? Yeah, I think that's important. And not only that, but as it, as entrepreneurship relates to, you know, as social media relates to entrepreneurship, I think it's important that you, who are, you know, as an entrepreneur, understand 
what social media is doing to you and how you can use it and how you shouldn't use it yeah. uh, in, in your entrepreneurial ventures. It can be toxic or it can be helpful. Yes, I, I definitely think how you use it makes a big difference. I think it's also being like a part of it is also just being aware at an individual level how it is affecting your own emotions and psychology and how that ripples out to everything else. You know, if you're finding that you feel depressed and drained and it's because you're spending all your time getting into flame wars on Twitter, like there's your problem, right? Like, and it, all right. So the, the documentary itself, this was, it was really interesting. And it took the approach of, they talked to half a dozen or a dozen different people who've worked at various social networks and tech platforms over the years. Some of whom were, who worked on developing some of the most popular features, or you know, like Instagram or the feed or likes on Facebook, badge app icons, that sort of thing. And then they pulled in a guy named Tristan Harris, who is the president and co-founder of the Center for Humane Technology. He's a former, you know, a former technology person who worked at Google, uh, and he he's really been a very loud voice in this, in the need for ethics when it comes to balancing your need for more clicks and more attention with the psychology and well-being of, of people. And this is hard. This is hard for these companies because they're it is, it is a zero-sum game past a certain point, right? We all have 24 hours a day. About a third of that is going to be spent sleeping. Another third is going to be spent working. And probably another sixth is going to be spent on other miscellaneous tasks. Going to the bathroom, doing your hair and your makeup, cooking dinner, walking the dog, picking up your kids, helping them with homework. Like, you know, all the other stuff. Maybe, for the vast majority of people, you maybe have four to call it six hours of discretionary time in a given day. That block of time is what Netflix, Google, Amazon, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, all of these sites, every social network and news site is vying for that last chunk of four to six hours each day. And once every person on the planet is online, it then is literally a zero-sum game, which is if somebody is going to get somebody's attention, they're going to be taking it from some other block. And so it is, in, for all intents and purposes, a, a resource war. And your time and attention is the resource. And you are the product, in essence, right? Like you, These sites, you're not paying anything for them. They're making money by selling you and your data and your attention to somebody. And this is the, kind of the core message of this documentary is that idea that you're the product, your attention is being sold, your data is being sold. And at the same time, you are being manipulated in many, many ways to get you to spend more time there by fucking with your psychology, right? By making you happy or angry or depressed. They do this on, on purpose. And it's not like there's one nefarious person sitting there making the decision. In a lot of these cases, it's because they've turned over a huge portion of this to AI. And they've given these programs license to say, hey, do whatever you need to do within these parameters to get people to spend more time. And it doesn't know anything about your psychology or your emotional state, what's going on in your life. Not really. It just knows, hey, if I show them more of this, they spend more time on the site. If I show them more of that, they scroll deeper. If I show them this type of notification, they're likely to click in and open the app. That's it. That's all it's optimizing for. There's no humanity 
behind it. But unfortunately, it leads to all sorts of problems. It leads to people being shoved down rabbit holes of misinformation and conspiracy theories and indoctrination. And it results in people being shown things that will make them feel angry because that's the type of stuff that'll get them to drop an emoji or a comment or, you know, like, ah, and and it's a mess. It's a mess because all of this fighting for your attention to the detriment of your well-being is a huge problem. I think it's one of the root problems behind all of the unrest and discord between groups and polarization that we're seeing around the world right now. Yeah, I agree. I, and like you said, the way that they're the way that the that the algorithms have found to best fight for your attention oftentimes is to rile you up and make you feel shitty. Because those negative emotions are what drive you to action. And that's yep. all these algorithms care about. That action might be liking a post that is a complete conspiracy theory. And if you like that post, maybe that algorithm is going to show you more posts that are similar to that conspiracy theory. And now maybe you're going to be get deeper down this rabbit hole of bullshit. And this is where echo chambers come from. This is why people are engaged in social media bubbles where all they hear and see on their feed is other people who are sounding off and saying the same bullshit that they already believe, whether it's true or false. And that means that you are locking yourself into these bubbles of disinformation and you are getting yourself riled up. You're spreading more bullshit and, and mistruths or lies. And it is degrading society and people don't even know it. That, yes, that's the that's the problem. I mean, most people, to be frank, aren't terribly self-aware. They don't really think about what they're feeling and why they're feeling it in moment to moment. They just, they feel, right? Like, I feel sad. I wonder why I feel sad. I don't know, right? They don't think through all of the things that contribute to how they're feeling. And unfortunately, this is a huge part of it. Like most people, I would bet most people, if you ask them, how long do you spend each day on Facebook? Instagram, Twitter, most people would have no clue. They wouldn't be able to give you an answer. And if they did give you an answer, they would probably be wrong on the on the low side, right? Like, how long did you spend on Instagram today? I don't know, like five minutes? And you look at their actual time and it was like an hour and a half. People have no idea. They just, they, they get into like a fugue state as they scroll and click and scroll and click and they lose track of all this time and they have no idea. And, and I mean, another thing that this the show pointed out was like just how damaging this is for kids, to grow up in a world where most of their peer interactions are now online, where their likes are their self-worth and validation, where bullying takes place in a completely different environment that's a lot harder to spot and police. It's a fucking mess. And it's it's really having a negative effect on people of all ages. And it, I understand how it got this way, but it's something that needs to change. And I don't think it can change unless people are aware. And also as a new generation of entrepreneurs comes in and makes the decision to be ethical, to consider public good as well as the good of their business and their bottom line. Because right now that's not the case. I mean, unless you've specifically set up your company as a B Corp or a nonprofit, like you have no obligation to focus on a good outcome outside of making money. Most corporations, they're responsible only to their shareholders and the bottom line is the bottom line. Yeah, that's right. And these right now, these companies, their, their main 
motivation is to make money. And if they often make money by getting you to stay on their app, be it Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, longer. And the algorithm knows how to make you stay on the app. It knows how to serve up and show you the content that's most likely to keep you there so that they can show you more ads. And unfortunately, it just becomes this this cycle, this loop that sucks you in, keeps you there, makes you waste your time, makes you feel negative. And I, I don't know how, unfortunately, I don't know how we are going to, we as a society are going to break out of this social media habit because we've all, we've all gone into it. I, I mean, not everybody's going to watch this, this uh, documentary, Sam. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be possible. Like I can look at it from my perspective. You know, I have, I have time limits for myself on a bunch of social media. I don't always follow it, especially for Twitter. Twitter is kind of my, my vice and I use it in a very particular way. I think I, I think the way I use it is probably the best possible way. And I've also personally taken a ton of steps to short circuit a lot of the bullshit that these companies use to rope you in, right? I don't allow badge app icons or notifications for any sort of social media. I have time limits set for the small number that I actually use. You know, I think I give myself five or 10 minutes a day for Facebook and Instagram so I can keep in touch with family. Since I travel around the world, that's basically the only way I keep in touch with family and sharing pictures and stuff. And then I give myself like, well, I give myself half an hour on Twitter and I usually spend a lot more than that. So that's my... (laughs) But like I've set up Twitter in such a way where I'm only following I'm following a very specific set of people who touch on topics that I find interesting, who I think surface good information, good posts, or are related to my business and how I make money. But like that's it. I don't I'm not jumping into flame wars, I'm not getting into Twitter arguments, I ignore bullshit, I block, I mute, like I filter out I filter out the garbage. And I filter out the vast majority of mood, of news. Like I've got, you know, all of the main political terms muted. I've got all of the main political pundits blocked. I just, I don't want, I don't want that shit filtering into my timeline. I want to, I want to keep my mind focused on the things that are actually useful and of interest to me. And I don't read the newspaper. I don't watch the news. I don't watch the debates. I avoid that shit like the plague. So I've taken a lot of steps, but most people I know aren't going to do that. They're, there's just no way. And I, I worry that this may actually be like a component of the great filter, right? Like as technology reaches this point, the only way to make money off all of this free shit is with your attention and ads. And it just, it Polarizes becomes a race, death, right? a race. Yeah. It becomes a race to the bottom. You know, it, everybody is trying to do whatever they can. It's more and more extreme behavior. Imagine like you're one parent and you have a hundred kids and they each want your attention and they found the only way to get your attention is to be louder and more extreme, right? And so p- bit by bit, as they fight each other for that attention, they keep dialing up their antics until it's just complete chaos. That's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing these companies and these news outlets do exactly that, dialing it up, dialing up the the fear factor, the anger, the rhetoric, the bullshit, because that's all they can do. There, uh, too many companies are fighting for too much available, atten- too little available attention, and it's gonna. There's only one direction it can go. It's gonna devolve. It's just gonna get worse and worse until either these companies are regulated out of existence, or people reach their limit and stop using them, or society collapses. But I don't really see another another avenue out. Yeah, you know, one concerning thing is they asked some of the 
some of the interviewees in the documentary, what, what is your, what's your biggest concern about what all this leads to? And one of them, do you remember that civil war? Yeah. And you know, what's sad that, that doesn't seem out of the realm of, of, (laughs) of, of reasonable outcomes to me. I mean, what, what I see going on in the U.S. with these riots and people like holding portions of cities and the cops doing essentially nothing—like they shoot tear gas and stuff into into the crowd and rubber bullets—but like they're not they're not preventing these people from complete chaos. And then there's there's so much polarization. Yeah, people, the political you know, divide in the U.S. is probably bigger than it's ever been right now. Politics, race, gender orientation, like all of this stuff, man, everybody, and it's the same sort of thing. Everybody is, I think too many people are feeling powerless and they're feeling untethered and emotionally off kilter, probably in large part because of what's happening with the media and with social media. And it's resulting in people feeling more tribal than ever and trying to find their group and feeling a lot of fear. And so they're lashing out at any group that isn't like them. And so it's just magnifying all of this superficial bullshit. And the seeds are being planted and amplified by the companies selling your attention. All right. Let me ask you this. Do you think, I got a few questions for you. Do you think that social media is good in any way for society? I think like any other technology, it's a double-edged sword. And I think if used carefully and regulated properly, it has value. Like it definitely has value. We need connections. I'm connected to people who I think add real value to my life on social media that I would never have met in person. Our paths just wouldn't have crossed. We're in completely different countries, industries. Like it gives you access to the best of humanity, no matter where they happen to be, if you use it well. But simultaneously, it also gives everybody access to the worst of humanity. It gives the worst of humanity a voice. And it gives all of the bad actors, all of the state-sponsored groups, all of the, you know, everybody, everybody gets a voice, unfortunately. And when everybody has a platform, everybody's going to shout for attention. And so to be honest, while I think it has value, I think we may find in the end that social media was actually our worst our worst invention ever, uh, but only because it's been monetized the way it has, right? By by monetizing with ads and needing people's time and attention on the app in order to make money, you've created a set of very, very damaging incentives. Like the only way it, every single public company is, is pressured heavily to show a profit and a growing profit quarter over quarter, right? They're, they're judged on the financial quarter. And so the CEOs and the executives and the board are making decisions based on the quarter. And they are, they're doing what they need to do to show a steady uptick in profit and revenue over time, no matter what. Because, because they're making... That one because they're not B corps, but two because they're they are making money from your attention, and there's only so much to go around. And in order to get more, they have to they have to polarize you and be more extreme and 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 do this bullshit. Because of that, I think it's a problem. If you know, if Facebook just charged five bucks a month, and everybody paid, everybody who was on it paid, and if you didn't pay, you weren't on it. Like it'd be a completely different business model. Granted, it surely wouldn't make them anywhere near as much money or have as high of a valuation, right? But it would be it would be a healthier company for the world, 
not as good of a company for for the investors. And this is the this is the problem, right? Greed. People are greedy and they want to make as much as they can. That's yeah, a problem. at the at the expense of everyone else. At the expense of everyone media. else. Yeah. Yeah. So you need you need ethics. Like most people don't. There there's no there's no second or third plus order thinking going on. There is only first order thinking. And even when they realize that what they're doing is damaging, if it's moving the needle internally, they don't they don't care. And this isn't this isn't unique to social media. This is endemic of every major corporation, right? Like the companies that uh, the the gas and oil companies and mining companies and food companies, right? Peddling sugar and bullshit that'll fuck up your body. They don't care. It makes some money. It's cheap. It's addictive. Like that's they're in it. They're in it to make money. There's no or next to no consideration of the public good. Really, like I think the best thing we could do to actually turn our society around would be to force all companies to have to have some sort of ethical framework and attention to the public good. Like, hey, is there is there a high degree of likelihood that what you're doing is going to cause harm to a significant number of people in, in any way, shape, or form? And if the answer is yes, then you probably shouldn't be able to do it that way. Like, should you be able to load sugar into children's cereal? No, that stuff's terrible for you. It shouldn't be allowed. That's the type of thing that should be regulated. The role of government is to protect people from other people and from the abuse of other companies and from other nations. It's not to regulate like every last thing, but in the areas where you're likely to be endangered in some way, like that's the role of government to prevent that type of abuse from occurring. And they don't, unfortunately, in a lot of the areas where it really matters. Yeah, I I do think it's a big problem, and I like your solution of you know requiring the 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 ethics component. I think force that's, every corporation that's to con- to convert to a, a B corp. Everybody has to become a public good company. That would be that would be one step. I mean, it's never going to happen. Like it's a pipe dream. Never happen, but, but we we can dream. Yeah, we can we can dream. But yeah, so, I mean, and there's so pre- there's so many. Go ahead. I, I was going to change gears, so go ahead and finish your thought. I was just going to say, there's so many companies out there that are actually trying to do a good job at this, right? And I mean, look at like Tom's Shoes or Patagonia. There, there are companies that are trying to be good stewards who are making decisions that are ethical and sustainable, that are putting money back into good causes, that are thinking of people and the environment with what they're doing. Like you don't have to rape humanity in order to make a buck like you can do good and still succeed highly. I just, unfortunately, some people see only dollar signs. I, I hear you. So we've talked on this show about how to use social media, you know, for marketing purposes and so on. And now we're really, you know, this, this whole, almost this whole episode is dedicated to harping on social media and calling it out for the bullshit that it really is. But, <laughs> but I feel like we should, we should talk about as an entrepreneur, how do you use social media in a way that that doesn't hurt anybody and doesn't hurt yourself and hopefully benefits you? Does that sound like a good next topic? Yeah, and, uh, and I, 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 yeah, I do. I think, like, I think there's as a user, you know, on the business side and the the individual side, there are absolutely ways to do that. And I would say, like, just try and make sure that what you put. I think you, I think you could state it very simply. Try and make sure that whatever you put out there is adding positive value to the world. No negative clickbaity bullshit. No focusing on people's fears or things that are going to stoke anger or divisiveness. 
using using advertising carefully and judiciously. I, I think there's lots of things you could you could do to walk a more gentle line there. I agree. I, I think that when using social media for business, entrepreneurial purposes, marketing purposes, what you want to look for is you want to use it as a way to essentially network, especially right now during a pandemic when nobody can go do any events. I think it's great for networking. I think it's great for keeping in touch with people who are close to you in your network, people who you've met at actual events. I think that's it's a great way to keep in touch and build relationships with them. And those can turn into business opportunities down the road. Um, I would say that if you're going to, if you're going to post something, you know, keep it, keep it conversational. Don't, don't post negative shit that makes other people feel like crap. I would say, try to treat it as though you are at a big cocktail party. Would you say this? Would you, would you stand up and yell this from the stage if you were at a big cocktail party or, or would people, or would, or is that something you would never do or say if you were in person? I, I think that might be a good sort of weather vane to guide your, what, what you do post on social media. Just imagine if, if you were in person. Yeah. I mean, from a business perspective, I think you should, you should be keeping it very tight from a personal perspective. I mean, it'd be nice if you did that. Like I post stuff that pisses people off all the time, not because I'm trying to be divisive, but because I, I question everything, even things that are very dearly held by a lot of people. And I, I think everything should be like questioned and poked at. Yeah, you use social media a little differently than I do. I, I almost there was a time where I used social media, and over over time, I I really stopped seeing the value in it for me personally or as a business. Like now, I. I go on there and I will post, you know, links to the latest articles and stuff. And if somebody reaches out to me, I will respond to them. But I don't see much value in it for me from a business perspective these days. And granted, I don't have a hundred thousand or a million followers. I think on Twitter I've got like twenty four thousand, something like that. But you know what? For a lot of people, that's a lot of followers. But it doesn't really bring me any benefit, to, to be frank. Now, if I was a much more active user on Twitter. And people, you know, paid more attention to what I said on there. I think maybe I could get more benefit out of it, but I also think there would be diminishing returns. You know, I also think a tremendous number of the people on there, people using the term loosely, are just bots, bots, troll accounts, like garbage. I mean, social media is pretty infested. I would say, I would say, I see only two real uses, at least at the personal level. Like one, keeping in touch with close friends and family and sharing information in that way and to using it to find and curate groups of people who cover subjects you're interested in, like that you can learn from or grow by, by following. I think beyond that, like you should probably avoid it. There's a lot of other things you could be spending your time and attention on that would actually have value because remember like these things have been designed. They have been designed to be a time suck, to waste your time, to get you latched on and just, endlessly scrolling like they've been built for that purpose and so if you're not extracting some very clear value from it you should probably just cut that shit off that's a really good point that you brought up it it comes down to opportunity cost if you're going to say all right i've got you know an hour of of time today to devote to marketing or a hundred bucks today or a hundred or maybe it's an hour and a hundred bucks to devote to marketing how do i spend it i think there are a lot better decisions, choices you could make than to spend an hour browsing around, posting stuff on Twitter and Instagram, uh, then I think there's a lot better options you have than doing that. And for instance, for me, 
I really like content marketing. That means, you know, researching and yeah. writing great blog posts that, you know, performing keyword research around those posts and then optimizing them for keyword research and then publishing them and then promoting them. Like to me, that's a much better use of my time and money uh, from a marketing perspective than doing anything on social media. That's been my experience. So there is an opportunity cost. Can you get benefit from social media from a business perspective? Yes, I think so. And in the past, I've even um, promoted, uh, what I mean by in the past is on this show in previous episodes, I have um, promoted uh, tools like Q, Q Promote, which I still use to this day, by the way, as a way to promote my posts. But that takes literally zero of my time because the entire promotion process is, is automated. So I think for like 50 bucks a month, they literally handle everything. I just post stuff to my blog and then they go handle the tweeting it out and sharing it on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that for me. So it's it's 100% automated. So I'm giving zero time to that. Isn't that Sujin's tool? Uh, no, it's not Sujin's. It's someone else. Um, but they just recently launched the uh, the fully automated thing like maybe a month or two ago and I took advantage of that and I, I love it. I mean, I, I don't ever log in. I don't touch anything. They just use my RSS feed and take my posts and go promote them and I'm like, cool, thanks guys. Works for me. <laughs> uh, he, he, wrote, he wrote a post for Q, Q.co. Oh, did he? Oh, did he like get, do a guest blog on there or something? Guess so. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But anyway, aside from that, aside from literally letting somebody else do everything for me for like 50 bucks a month, I don't use social media anymore as a form of marketing. I put zero time into it and I don't put any ad budget into it. That's same. I haven't found any value for it. Now, granted, the there same. are entrepreneurs who do get value out of it. You know, Neil Patel is a common guy who we bring up on the show because he is in uh, the marketing space and one of the best known influencers, millions of followers, millions of traffic, and he's got successful podcasts. So makes sense to, to reference him. He has huge followings on social media and I'm, sh- and I know that he monetizes the shit out of those. So is he making money from social media? Yes. Is he leveraging it for success? Yes, he is. I think that he, there's a, there's a bit of an element of timing to that. You know, he got into the industry like 16, 17 years ago and started building all that stuff up. I think that trying to build a following nowadays is a fucking shit show. And it's right. just going to get harder, right? Yeah. Like it's it's so saturated, and everybody now That's can be a creator, it. a creator, and a promoter, and there's just there's only so much time and attention to go around. That's just it. It is saturated. It is it is not a viable marketing channel anymore. That's been my that's been my take. I don't know if I'd say it's not a viable marketing channel. I would say I would say if I would say if what you do or sell is essentially a commodity, then yes, it's probably not a viable marketing channel. If what you do is genuinely unique or unusual or incredibly high value, maybe it could still be, it could still be great. It just depends on how you use it. But yeah, man, if you're like the 500 millionth SEO company and you're just going to go out there and think you're going to use social media to build up your business, it's probably not going to, not going to work too well. Well, and that's, that's who I'm talking to. I mean, that's who we're talking to, right? Entrepreneurs out there who either have, you know, uh, new startups or maybe they're a few years in, or maybe they're thinking they're, maybe you're thinking about doing a startup. I'm talking to you guys. I don't think social media, if you're starting a new brand with zero followers, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a social media profile. You should. You should claim that shit. That there, there's benefits there for like online reputation management that you can leverage. So definitely go claim your your profiles. But should you be spending an hour or two every day like socializing or running ads? Probably not. 
don't, don't let me stop you from testing stuff. You should test stuff and see if there's ROI there. What I'm telling you is I doubt you're going to get a positive ROI out of that. I think you're going to also be incurring an opportunity cost if you decide to do that. I think there are better ways that work for far more people that are going to be better uses of that time and money. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I I tend to agree, especially on like the content marketing side, you know, creating a really good piece of content that explains or talks through or helps solve a real problem that your target market has. And then using social to promote that or social ads to promote that piece of content to the people who would be most interested. That's effective. That'll work all day, every day if you do it well. But yeah, you know, just going to Twitter and tweeting 10 or 20 times a day to about whatever bullshit to try and get followers. Like that's, that's a dead end game. Agreed. Yeah. So there can be value. Um, I think that probably for, for new startups or soon to be startups, I think there's little value. Yeah. I mean, can you, can you think of anything else on how, you know, anything else we need to cover on the topic, Sam, of um, social media and entrepreneurship and how they kind of intertwine any other tips, suggestions, or thoughts that you have before we wrap up? No, I mean, I think I'd tie this all back, right? Like the the main topic is the social dilemma and the bullshit that's going on and how it's negatively affecting people. And our take really is think carefully about how you set up and run your business, how you build and use these sorts of tools, how you, you know, the safeguards you put in place to protect yourself, your family from people who have, you know, who do not have your best interests at heart whatsoever. And you know, being just being thoughtful about how you use all of these things and the impact that it can have. And yeah, I, I, I think we've, I think we've covered it. I think so. I and my, I would, I would just also add the, uh, pay attention to the, to the impact that social media can have on you yourself as a person, as an entrepreneur, because you and how you feel will affect your productivity, your motivation, your inclination to get up every morning and go work and on your business. And if you are feeling shitty or irritated or whatever from social media, that's going to affect your performance and your business's performance. So pay attention to how it affects you personally too. If you're feeling down, don't reach for your phone, reach for your shoes, go for a walk. Yeah, that's a good, that's a quotable right there. <laughs> I like that one there you go. for the shoes, not the phone. Yeah. I mean, we, that's, that's a big part of all our problems, right? Like we, we don't live in any way, shape or form in the type of environment we evolved for. Social media is just one, one aspect of what's wrong, but like it's tons of things. It's diet, it's exercise, it's sunlight, it's movement in general. It's time with close friends and family. It's giving attention to people who don't matter. Like there's just, there's so much wrong. I mean, think about it, right? Like these people who you're trying to get likes and, and follows from on social media and whose attention like you're seeking and whose comments you pay attention to, like, do they give a fuck about you? Like, are they your friend? Are they going to show up at your funeral? Like, would you, would you notice if they never tweeted, if their, their social profile disappeared, like really consider who you're giving time and attention to and don't waste it. Don't waste it on people who don't matter. Yeah. You know, I'll, one anecdote that I'll throw in here is on, on a previous episode, I talked about how I, I went through this breakup with the news and I know that you've, you've had, you've done that for a long time, Sam. I know you've, you don't check the news and stuff. Well, I, I was getting so into checking the news that, um, I, I felt it, um, like harming my, my mental health. And so I, I cut it off. I cold turkeyed it. 
and I've, I've been going strong for probably two or three months now since whenever I, I said I was going to do it in that episode, whenever that was weeks ago, months ago, you know, I've, I've been staying true to it and I feel a lot better. And I think that the same holds true for social media. If you feel yourself reaching for your phone to check Twitter, Instagram or whatever, and you, when you put the phone down, you feel worse than you did before. Make a note of that and ask yourself, how could I have spent that time better doing something that made me happier? That's what it comes down to, right? You be in, be present, live in the moment, stop giving so many fucks about what other people care and do and think and focus on yourself and the people that matter to you and the things that make you happy. I think that's so important. And so many people get lost in the social media, the social media, just the, the cesspool, frankly. Dude. Everybody's living in yesterday or tomorrow. Nobody's living right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's important. Live for today. Live for the moment. Cool. All well, right. Words, words of philo- philosophical wisdom again <laughs> to end the episode, right? As always, you know, thank you so much for listening. If you want to reach out, you can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or send an email to us at theentrepreneurcast at gmail.com. And as always, we appreciate your reviews. We want to hear from you on what you think about this episode and others that you have listened to. Um, we'd love your feedback and we would love for you to share it in the form of a review so that other people can uh, find us and, and uh, hear what we're talking about as well. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Check Thanks, us out guys. next week. Later. Thank you.